This is CliffCentral.com. Yay! <laughs> this is Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. Now you know this time of the day. On a Tuesday, this is exactly what you're going to get. I'm Shemaine Harris. And I'm Liesl Tom, and that lo- those lovely sounds, courtesy of Francois Smith, the Tibetan sound bowl. Shall we call him operator? We interviewed a few weeks ago. Thanks for that, Francois. Yes, thank you so much. That was different, wasn't it? It was. I, I liked loved it. it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very tranquil. I know. I was saying to Palesa, hi, Palesa. Of course, hi. with us in studio is Palesa <laughs> Mbui. I was saying to Palesa that... Um, after that music, this is going to be such a contrast. Putting you to sleep. <laughs> I hope not. I hope it stimulates. Yeah. Well, um, very welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes. It's so awesome to have you with us again. And we hope that you enjoy the three quarters of an hour that you have with us. And we have our guest here as well. And, um, Liesl, do you want to do the honors? Because this is your idea. <laughs> well, we're talking about the laws of karma today. And our guest in studio is Guru Kali from the Art of Living Foundation. Now, I just have to say that Guru is not his title. It's actually your first name. Um, yeah, well, first, good afternoon to your listeners. And uh, it is my first name, given name. Yeah. So when someone referred me to you, I asked them, so what does his mother call him? Um, so, but Guru Kali, thank you very much. Thanks for your so, time. Thanks for having me. What are the jokes that you get with your name? What are you must be getting some people who are trying to be, you know, just silly. The most common one is, uh, so what are you a guru of? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and of course, everybody asks if I've watched The Love Guru. That's <laughs> generally the two questions that pop up the most. And then and, when people look at you that you go like, hi, I'm guru. They go, uh, okay. The third response I get is nice to meet you, which is also mm, much more palatable. And do you consider yourself to be a guru of anything? Um, I guess it depends how you define it, right? It's um, the original meaning of a guru is ru means darkness and gu means that which dispels. So that which dispels darkness. um, Ah. And I think uh, the way that society culture has kind of understood it is removing the darkness that is ignorance. Uh, So anybody who removes that darkness, that ignorance from within them, maybe assists somebody else to uh, unveil that ignorance, then I guess you would refer to them as a guru. That's one definition. The traditional one is a teacher, I think is what a lot of people mm-hmm. um, also use guru mm-hmm. as a title for. Um, then we could say our first teachers are our parents, mothers and fathers, our school teachers, and most often we use it as a title for a spiritual teacher. Mm-hmm. Um so in that sense, yes, we are all gurus. Yeah. G-U-R-U. Yes, I have watched the movie as well. <laughs> do, you think, do you think it's a bit of nominal determinism that you are a teacher and that you do dispel darkness? Um, I think that's a bit presumptuous to assume that I do that. <laughs> you don't have to say it. We'll say it. We'll okay. say it about you. I, I, well, you know what? He, he's being humble. 
And, yes. you know, if you know, then you know. And I mean, with all the definitions that you gave of the word, I, I think you pretty much fit there. Um, if I hear what you do. And yes, I think Lisa, the, what do you want to say? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the humility that you've mentioned is also part of the true teacher, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on from the gurus. Yeah. <laughs> Guru, tell us about the art of living. What is that? I mean, is and there that, an art to living? That's where you, that's the, 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 the place where you're associated with. Yes, it's an organization. It's an international organization, uh, a non-profit organization um, in over 150 countries globally. And basically the... The core of it is, uh, is a vision to create a stress-free society, a one-world family, if you would, um, free of stress from the mind, a violence-free society. Um, and through that, we have various programs that we teach. Uh, the core program is uh, what we call the happiness program, mm-hmm. um, which is predominantly teaching breathing techniques, uh, to relieve stress. So working, if you look at it from a biological perspective, is that cortisol, which is a hormone Mm -hmm. produced in the system, it's a stress hormone, and it is released predominantly through breathing, through the oxygenation cycle as you breathe in and the blood goes, picks up the oxygen, takes it to the different parts of the body and purifies in that way and releases that uh, that chemical. Now, through our lifestyle, from children to work to kids to the traffic, uh-huh. um, we find that there's an excess of that stress hormone in the system. And most of us, even as the three of us are sitting here in the studio, uh, you'd find that you're not using most of your lung capacity. Mm, perhaps I, I, you're only using that you 30% of it. I'm very shallow <laughs> right now. I'm like, right, like, <laughs> yeah, so, yes. so we teach these breathing <gasps> techniques and um, do a little bit of introspection, a little bit of stretching, stretching the body, stretching the mind, stretching the emotions. And through that, at the end of it, we find that people generally walk out on the last day with big fat smiles on their face and it seems to work, so we just keep say, doing it and doing it. You say the last day, how, how long is this a course that you're talking about? Or yes, is this a, our core that, program, which okay. runs its six days generally, um, but we have different formats for it. Mm. But uh, predominantly, it's a six-day course that we run, 24 hours of training over the six days. Um, so, so six days of learning how to breathe. Why can't we do it in one? Yeah. One day. Each day leads on to the next from the breathing side. And there are also other things that we do. We play some games. We have some discussions and just look a bit deeper into our experience as human beings on this planet. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people walk in with, uh, with the objective to grow. And be more. And whatever that means for them, whether it's uh, in their current relationships, uh, whether it's their work relationships, their personal relationships, relationships with their children, and of course their relationship with themselves. Mm. And with that objective, whatever their barriers that they have in front of them to achieve that, whether it's mental programming that's happened over many years that they've been around, have been on the planet for, or whether it's specific traumatic events that have created blocks or something of the sort, then um, 
then yeah, we use these breathing techniques to basically unlock it. The games that we play, okay. a bit of meditation as well. So when you started by explaining that you teach people to breathe, you mentioned cortisol. Now, I happen to know that cortisol is the culprit for packing on the pounds. Um, so are you telling me that if I breathe correctly, I won't get fat? Um, I would <laughs> think that donuts were the main culprit. <laughs> But I am setting you up all, a little bit. Yeah. It is all linked, yes. The the less cortisol we have in the system, and studies have been conducted on our core breathing technique that we teach. It's called Sadashan Kriya. And uh, the studies have shown that it actually balances the hormones in the system. It balances the cortisol. And then we have the happy hormones, you know, your dopamine, your serotonin, your endorphins, your oxytocin. So if I'm not mistaken, it's the endorphins that... Generally, when you run, those are the endorphins that start to pump and get you mm. feeling all better and things like that. So with less cortisol in the system, there's more space for the endorphins to flow through, more of a want and a desire for uh, to, to smart, get up and huh? actually do something. <laughs> with your life. Maybe go pick up some weights, yeah. go for a jog. Aww. <laughs> but they do, they do say when you are stressed, that's when you pick up weight. And, mm, and cortisol, you've seen, I'm sure you've seen absolutely. it in your body. Yes. Once you're stressed, you, you chunk up and when you're a bit relaxed, you, okay, you don't chunk up. <laughs> I <laughs> do. We don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to find out, you were talking about relationships. Um, I wanted to find out what, According to you, from what you have now observed, is the best relationship one can have? Your relationship with yourself. Um, I think that would be a, a standard issue answer, almost like a hypothetical question. I don't think everybody would look at it like that, you know, some, some, because we, we tend to do external more than internal. Um, I think in our society, uh, we, we taught that you put yourself last mm -hmm. and, and relearning or, re, or teaching people that you actually have to be the main character in your own life is quite a mission. You know, you only live with yourself 24 hours a day, not your children, not your spouse, not your parents, uh, definitely not your work colleagues. And that at the end of the day, if you are not content when you are sitting completely alone, when there's nobody else around, then nothing external is going to bring that fulfillment, that joy, that happiness from within. Hmm. When you say that you teach people or, or, or during the course, you stretch people's bodies, minds and, and emotions. emotions. How? Not the, the, too the, much. The, the, the physical stretch I can, you know, I can kind of figure out. It's like you're using arms and legs and stretching. But how do you stretch someone's mind or emotion? So anything new that we do tends to be a stretch for us. And um, when you're firstly, if you're being exposed to, to what we're teaching for the first time, then that alone becomes a stretch. If you are tapping into new ways of thinking or new ideas, new concepts, it stretches the mind. Mm -hmm. If you're introspecting a bit and digging deep into parts, uh, things, events that have happened long ago that are, sit within your heart and you haven't delved there before, it's a stretch for you to go there. So uh, stretching is good. It's, it's 
pushing yourself into new territories. I'd love to sit with you for a whole afternoon just chatting. Because <laughs> you calm one down. You go like, He Yay. does. He does. You know, your energy is so calm. It's like zen. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like he's, he's saying, bring yourself towards yourself without the words. So, Is that part of obviously... Being able to teach something means that you've had to internalize it. Is this part of being an art of living teacher? I think I'm just chilled because it's just before my afternoon nap and just after lunch. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> now, the founder of the art of living, and please, if I mispronounce it, I apologize. Sri Sri Ravi Shankar's his vision is that of a violence-free, stress-free world. Isn't that a bit utopian? If you want to see it as that way, my question would be, what's wrong with that? Do you think it's attainable to get the whole world? I mean, look, we live in a world where... Please, God, let this not happen. But we live in a world where Donald Trump might very well be the next American president. With all the ramifications <laughs> that hold, it's, that thought scares me. Do you think that in a world like that, peace and violence, uh, violence-free and, and peaceful society is possible? So at the beginning of this year, we had um, the Art of Living Foundation's anniversary. Um, uh, And it was held in Bangalore with over 3 million people from around the world, from over 150 countries who came together for exactly that reason, to celebrate the vision of a one-world family. Mm. So when you say, is it attainable? It is being attained, (laughs) if you want to see it from that perspective, is that it is bringing people together. It is allowing people to you know, break their barriers and their concepts that they have and their own identities about this is who I am, this is who I am not, this is what I like, this is what I don't like. Let me, um, you know, only hang out with the people that I like. I am patriotic about this nation, which means we must kill and destroy the other people. Um, and that kind of conflict doesn't just happen uh, between nations. It happens uh, in the bedroom between husband and wife as well. Between children, between friends, between, between cousins. Correct. It's, yeah. yeah, it's it's a thing we do. I, 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 we just don't want it to be attainable. We we just don't want to, you know, go that route because I think it's effort. You know, it's it. You have to put in effort to, um, to want peace, to turn around and say, okay, let's address this in, um, three hours. Um, so I think it's possible to get it, but whether we ever gonna get it. I doubt just only because we're living on earth and because we just, you know, there's a, there's always going to be that. This is a, this is a place where because uh, Donald Trump, <laughs> this, is, this is a the place of learning. And I, I don't, I don't know that we're going to get everything right here, it's, but it's how do you great. eat an elephant? Yeah. One bite bit. at a time. Yeah. yeah. So one person at a time, slowly, slowly we'll get you there as well. Yeah. Don't so you worry. Talking about that, you know, the fact that we just don't want to, What's our topic for today, Liesl, again? What did you want him here for? The laws of karma. The underlying principles of the art of living are compatible with the Vedic philosophy where we find the principle of karma, which is, of course, not unique to the Hindu religion. It is, you find it, I have not come across a religion where you don't find something akin to the law that what you sow, you shall reap. 
before you answer, what is the Vedic what? The Vedic philosophy, mm-hmm. if I understand correctly, what is please, please Wikipedia help if I'm wrong. <laughs> if I understand correctly, uh, it's one of the schools of thought of the Hindu religion. Close. It's Hinduism is derived from Vedic philosophy. Okay. So is Buddhism, actually. And a lot of different followings come from that school of thought. Thank you for helping me out. Cool. <laughs> Carry on. The Art of Living Foundation is not... Uh, affiliated with Hinduism, though, no. specifically. We have, it's an international organization. We have a multitude of uh, Catholic teachers in South America. A few years ago, we had 150,000 Argentinians in a park meditating for world peace at the same time. Um, we have numerous atheist teachers and, uh, and people who follow the art of living, um, in Russia. It's huge contingency in Russia simply because that is the, the history of that culture is uh, a lot of, um, atheism and they were very void of any form of spirituality. Uh, so when the art of living. Spirituality or religion? Um, both. <laughs> Okay. Uh, it seems to, this be to me both, is yeah. very spiritual. What you know, trying to change the world with um, how you approach it. For me, this is very spiritual. Where you go, like, you know what? We can make a difference. Let's meditate and 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 think positive thoughts. Let's treat each other uh, differently. Uh, you know, in a in a in a way that's befitting to for human to human. Let's see the God in one another. So I think yeah, that's spiritual. See, I'm, I'm not sure if that's spiritual. I think those are just uh, innate human values. Uh, you could look at. Anyone, uh, you could look at a Steve Jobs who wanted to change the world for the better. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he might be a, a bad example because he actually did meditate every day. But, but for my point, example. but I think if you if you see what I'm trying to say is that it, it doesn't necessarily mean that if you um, meditate or if you you know go around and hug trees mm-hmm. that uh, that means you're a spiritual person. Um, anybody with a desire to contribute something. Positive and meaningful to society uh, in the way that they wish to express it, that for them could be their own spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then it also gets defined on what do we define as being positive? You know, it's, uh, I'm sure Hitler thought that what he was doing was for the good. He wanted to change the world in his perception. He wanted to change it for the better. Mm-hmm. So and did he for took action. So, so did for foot. Mm-hmm. So it's. Um, so would you call them spiritual people? <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, it, it came from a place pro- probably where they believed that crap. You know, so I sure. think if you... No, no, oh, look, they made some serious mistakes, but uh, let's... Um, well, you know, I heard somewhere that we judge others by their actions... But we judge ourselves by our intentions, mm-hmm. and their intentions might have been good, but we, as as not being them, judge their actions, which sucked. Let's let's just get that. Now, talking about people who suck, <laughs> you know, how many times is it said that uh, karma is going to get them? What is karma? Um. Karma is a Sanskrit word, which is an ancient language. It's not even spoken anymore. And it basically means action. So that is 
for a simple definition, and we made it in good time. It's less than 45 minutes. <laughs> are we done we, now? We're done. Karma. We can say goodbye. Karma no, means we are action. not. And wh- why is karma always referred to as female and a bitch? Yeah, why is she what a bitch? What is that? Why, so, why that violence towards feminine, the feminine? <laughs> <laughs> Look, the general principle, the general understanding of karma is that you – is that for every action has a consequence and that you reap what you sow. So from that perspective, if karma is a bitch, then that means you are a bitch <laughs> because you are sowing what you have reaped. Um, uh, that is probably one of those idioms that have popped up because a lot of people have a lot of in their life. <laughs> it's okay, you know. You can, you can say the word. Let's hear it. It's fine. You this is, you this is Cliff Central and it's unradio, so we can say what we want. And on Beyond Ears and Eyes, we actually do. Thank you very much. So, is it always negative? Is it punishment for wrong deeds? Let's start by saying that, and this is actually, uh, there's, there's a talk by the founder of the Art of Living Foundation, um, on karma. And. I love the way you say that. Say it again. <laughs> which one? Talk, karma. founder, karma. Art of Living Foundation. <laughs> and in the talk, he, uh, he says it a few times and in, in a few different uh, times that I've heard him say it as well. And this is something that definitely does resonate with me is that the laws of karma are unfathomable. It is too complex and intricate for us to understand, at least in this point of our civilization, of where we are in our evolution. Um, so to ask questions like that, it's... Uh, First, I think we do do need to understand that in these 45 minutes, we're not going to uncover even a percent oh, we don't of what want it to. actually is or not. <laughs> we just want to try and get a, a clearer understanding, a better understanding um, uh, of – because you know what? You, you go like, oh, karma is such a bitch. Oh, karma is going to get you. Yeah, and then you I mean, go like, the oh, my last God, I'm so afraid of karma, um, you know, um, or I'm so afraid of what's going to happen to me. In future, because, you know, there's that, that thing when, cause, I mean, it's like a little, what do you call it? Like, like a, like a little baton hanging over your head. I did wrong, so I'm no, going to pay for it. That's, it so, can work yeah. the other way as well. If you did right, then karma is going to get you. Mm-hmm. I think that is what, what I was trying to get to. So it's not just negative. It's just action consequence. It's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's not positive or negative. It's just uh, like gravity. Gravity does not judge. Mm. Everybody is subjected to gravity. And those are the rules and the laws of gravity. If you jump off a building, there are consequences. If you jump off a step that's 30 centimeters high, there are consequences. If you just sit on your chair and not move, there are consequences. Um, that is the way that, uh, that the philosophy speaks about, about karma, about that, about cause and effect. That's more of a neutral perspective. Can you, can you change, um, the effects of your, your deeds, 
in terms of the karmic uh, returns? Sure. Um, per definition, if you change your deeds, then the effects change with it as well. Um, it's uh, if you are a bodybuilder and the action that you are taking is um, lifting weights every day. Uh, for you to then change your actions and spend your days sitting on a couch eating donuts, um, eventually the consequences, <laughs> <laughs> it was hand gestures, <laughs> um, then the consequences uh, will follow suit as well. Uh, you know, if a room is, has been locked up for 20 years and in darkness, um, it's not going to take you 20 years to clean the room either. Um, so it can be the consequences of your actions can be reversed and it is finite. Consequences don't last forever. If you drop a pebble into a lake and it ripples, that you can say is karma. It's an action. You've taken an action and the consequence is the ripple. Mm. Eventually the ripples start to subside and they dissipate. If you drop a bigger stone into the river, yes, the ripples are bigger. There could be waves even, but it is finite. Mm -hmm. What are some of the misconceptions um, that you hear when people speak about karma? Um, karma's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> does, uh -huh. does, but, sorry, Shemaine, you finish up. You know, if we're gonna uh, if we're gonna talk bitch, bitch doesn't necessarily have to be bad. No, because the bitch is a is a dog, a female dog, and 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 they are lovely. And it's also you know, a good term so they use for strong women. So for me, that's not a bad word because we then, by definition, because we're strong women, are bitches. Oh hell no, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Guru, does it work like this? I steal your bicycle. So in a couple of weeks, my bicycle is going to be stolen. Or is it more, more complex? Um, definitely <laughs> way more complex than that. So there are three aspects to it. The first part is that there's the intention behind an action. When you're looking at action, there's the intention, the, the seed of the action, if you would. Then there is the action itself. And, of course, then there is the impact that that action has. So, sure, I stole your bike. So what was my intention behind it? Maybe I needed to get somewhere very fast to save a little girl from uh, a burning building. So what kind of consequence could come from that? If you're th talking from that side of things where it's um, because I've done something in inverted commas bad, uh, that something bad is going to happen to me. So the reason I stole it was to go save a girl from uh, a burning building. Um, on my way there, I did run over an old granny, though. And so now when you start to look at life, it's not as black and white or cut and dry where we can say it's we can simplify it to, oh, you stole 10 rand, you're going to lose 10 rand in the future. Um, consequences can come in various ways. You could steal the bike and live with the consequences of your own guilt for the next 30 years. That is also a consequence. Um, what the consequences are, we cannot tell. Mm. That there will be consequences, yes, as we have seen in life, every action has a reaction. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Is there a way, and I think you touched on it, but I just want clarity because, you know, we all have skeletons in our closet. Is there a way I don't. to... I <laughs> liar. Is there, is there a way... If you give me particulars, I might be able to assist you. Is there a way to ameliorate or to lessen the that that punch that karma is going to give you? What are you talking about when you say punch? Um, say you've, let's use the bike again, because that's an easy example. Uh, your intention was, was good, but you still did something bad, as you said, in inverted commas. Does, does that intention mean that you're not going to be, uh, penalized or hit as hard as the person who stole the bike with, 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 with bad intention. Remember, you still hit an, a granny <laughs> on the way. <laughs> yeah, so, but I think that was an accident. <laughs> so, 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 work it in. <laughs> so, when you say that, another thing that people, Shaman, that people say often about karma is um, that the purpose is to remove or rid yourself of karma. How people interpret it usually is that we want to rid ourselves of the bad stuff that's going to happen to us. Mm. The good karma we want to keep. To attain higher levels of awareness and consciousness would then mean to rid yourself of both. What we define as positive and what we define as negative. The same example we were chatting earlier where Hitler thought he was doing great. Mm. And I'm sure Mother Teresa thought she was doing great. But if you asked Hitler, he probably would have had a different story. Mm. So how we define life, how we define our actions, that's only through our own perception. That's through our own learnings, our own understanding, our culture, how we were brought up, what Mm. we've been exposed to, our own personal filters that define what is good and bad. Both the good and the bad. Your What you define as good actions or positive actions and bad or negative actions, both of them incur karma. And from my perspective is that the purpose of, not even the purpose, but one of the goals that we would set for people who, like us, people who want to explore mm. life and existence and look deeper into uh, into what this human existence mm. is. Uh, mm. If you would uh, sneak a peek up God's skirt, you know, mm. th- and explore that those existential questions, that would be to get rid of both the positive and the negative. So you, you want that. to get to a zero balance. I love yeah, that sneak, sneaking yeah, a peek. I was God's very cute. Huh? I, I love it. You know, it's neither male nor female. It's so, so there. So I, I find it so interesting that you mentioned, um, uh, the, what's that old lady who helped Mother Teresa in the same breath as Hitler? Uh, because she is just as, um, what's Omstriede in, in English again? Controversial. Controversial. You know, she's as controversial almost. I mean, uh, when, when it comes to work, there are some people who say, wow, wow, wow. And then there are other people who say, no, no, no. So I find it quite interesting that you mention them in the same breath. Any, any reason for that? It just came up. No specific reason. <laughs> but are you aware of the fact that there's been some, some controversy around, yes, um, her, uh, and the, the, you know, the care? That she gave and, and you yeah. know, the motives. She was just, uh, I found out the word is canonized as a saint. Yes, or she's a yeah. saint now. Officially now. Mm. Saint Teresa. Yes. How do you, 
how do we cash in on the good karma? And with a big smile, the <laughs> listeners who weren't able to see that, <laughs> she asked, how do we cash in on the good karma? And, and what, did, what did you just say? We Why? just want the good stuff. Yes. Did you not say? How do we spend it? I mean, if you want to get to a zero balance. See, then there is a craving for the good. There's a resistance and an aversion towards the bad. And the reason is mostly... Hollywood. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I think. <laughs> Feeding that happy ending down our throats. But if you look at life, mm. suffering and pain is built into the system. Oh, preach. Preach. Mm. <laughs> Just mm. preach, please. So is joy and happiness. Oh, there we go. It's both built. Even if you look at best case scenario, here's this teenager walking down the road and she falls in love with her prince charming and the two of them run to each other in a field of reeds and embrace <laughs> and then they go on and get married eventually one day and have children and live a very happy life eventually one of them is going to die mm. and then there is pain and suffering it's built into the system mm. yet as human beings we want to avoid it we want to avoid the bad we want to avoid why the negative that, why do we not want to experience that because i you know what what um i have learned is that with all these 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 experiences yes it's painful but it's like once you start honoring the lesson that you get from it, be it, you know, the painful one or the happy one. I mean, it's, it just leaves you free to give so much more of yourself and, and to just enjoy the experience a little bit more or just to not be so, so. People don't want to feel, that's why, that's why there are so many antidepressants and people on, on medication. So as not to feel the negative. But we're not knocking antidepressants and medication, huh? No, we are not. But mm -hmm. what I'm saying is there are people who are, Taking medication mm -hmm. who are actively intervening in that natural cycle of going down before you can go up. The cycle where guru can help. Yes. Say more. <laughs> Another guru. <laughs> Get me that guru's number as well while you're there. No, but you do. You do. You do help people. You just explained with that course that you do. You teach people to breathe and then they get rid of the stress and then the pain and then happy at the end and they go like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like a Disney villain <laughs> laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, uh, my own perception of it in, in life is that uh, we become attached to our identity. Um, as I said before, to to what we are and what we're not. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what I like. I like tennis. I do not like the ballet. And we create these, as I said again, it's the cravings and aversions. These are things that I do. These are things that I don't do. Now, you can have a preference neutrally. You know, would you like, uh, uh, would you like an Still Aquila or would you like a Valpre? Some free advertising. <laughs> Which one would you like? And you can turn around and be like, I have no preference. It's both water. Um, and in which case, then you can choose. I will have the one on the left. Fine. Mm -hmm. The moment it's like, no, I do not drink that ever. Then we create this attachment. And it's our own barrier that we put in our life. So our own barrier that we create in our lives as to what we can and cannot experience freely. Mm -hmm. And 
we create these walls around us and we lose our own freedom. So when you look at karma, it's the same thing when you ask the question, how do I cash in on the good karma? Do good deeds if that is what you want to do. If you want to cash in on what you call the bad karma, then do what you call bad deeds. So that would be the simplest way that I could answer how you cash in. Is it true that it, it can um, follow you into your, I don't know, fourth and fifth generation? So what you do generational karma impacts on who you left behind. If you have children or, you you know, some seed that had nothing to do with your nonsense, do they get so to pay for that? So you have um, an action that is taken, like... Apartheid. Or buying a house. Sure. Okay. Sure, I was <laughs> let's, I'm let's attempting to simplify it, <laughs> bring it down to its simplest form. Um, and five generations from now, one of your great, 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 great grandkids, mm-hmm. um, I think that's correct number of grades there (laughs) they would inherit that house Mm -hmm. so yes it would impact it would influence if you want to get into more subtle actions that you take um hopefully one day we'll all find out we can postulate now we can say yes sure if it works the same rules and laws that govern the ants are the same rules and laws that govern the stars and the and the planets. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, yes, if in the one aspect where we take an action and we buy a house, and five generations from now, seven generations from now, um, our actions, the consequences of our actions, do have an impact. Then, even our subtle actions and non-action as well. That's also important to remember, eh? When the fact that we do nothing, because sure. that also has a, a reaction, our doing nothing. It's so crazy to even <laughs> think of it, <laughs> but it, it, still, it still matters. How do you approach life? I'm not saying you have the answers, but obviously, you know, um, we all have our experiences, and yours seem to be quite spiritually based. So how do you approach your life so that it kind of, or actually does make sense to you, to your experience, your living experience? I'm not even sure I made sense of the question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, if you look at the mind, uh, somebody once said that the mind is like a drunk monkey stung by a scorpion. If I say to you, do not, and we'll test this now with the two of you, do not, (laughs) do not at all, Think of a pink elephant wearing a tutu. I'm thinking zebras. I'm thinking zebras. <laughs> I was there the minute he finished that. You know, I was like yes, seeing no, that. No, saying sure. do I, not. I, I was mean, seeing Jabu in his pink tutu. You know, there, there is <laughs> anybody the has, elephant. Anybody who has kids can attain to this. That the moment you say do not, sure. you might as well just leave the not out and say do. So the mind, it's very Challenging would be the appropriate word to control the mind. Now, when the mind is in the past and it has this tendency to move between the past and the future, consistently, constantly running all the time, thinking about from the moment we wake up, generally the first thing people do is they'll reach over and grab their cell phones before they even say good morning to their wives. (laughs) Reach over, grab their cell phones, and then it's consistently and constantly running. 
backwards and forwards. This creates a tiredness in the system. However, when the mind is when the mind is in the past, it brings up feelings of regret and anger. When the mind is in the future, then it brings up anxiety, unknowing what's going to come. But when the mind is in the present moment, when it's here, when it's now, then we're able to be focused, then we're able to deal with whatever life has to throw at us. From general things like work and dealing with supper for the kids tonight and groceries to the bigger, more challenging things, dealing with death of a loved one, um, you know, finances, whatever, traffic. And the mind is in the present moment. It's able to deal with life in a much more effective way. Mm. So in the art of living, that's what we teach. You may not be able to control the mind, but you are able to control the breath. Now, if you observe the breath, every emotion has a corresponding breathing pattern. When you are frustrated, when you're angry, how do you breathe? (laughs) Short, fast, shallow breaths, getting worked up. When you're in love and happy, it's, you know, like every breath is you're smelling a rose. Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to remember that feeling. So if we're not able to control the mind and the emotions that come with it, then through controlling the breath, we're able to manage the mind. And that is predominantly what we teach in the art of living. And is that how you approach your life? You try and control? You learn techniques. When I sat on my first course uh, as a participant, you learn techniques. Mm -hmm. Then you're able to apply them. Um, And does it work for you? It works for me, yes. Without a doubt, it works for me. We learn different techniques. One technique is go to the gym every day and lift a dumbbell 20 times. And people do it and they see the results and they see the consequences of it. They get big biceps. You learn other techniques in life where indicate and stop at the red robot. And some people do it and they're fine. They pay low insurance. Other people don't. (laughs) They they pay high insurance. (laughs) Yes. You learn techniques like on the art of living to manage your emotions, manage your mind. If you apply the techniques, which is action, which is karma, then it creates consequences. What are those consequences? Mm. For some people, it's high insurance. For other people, it's a peaceful state of mind. So when you're stuck in traffic, for example, and you get frustrated, would it help you to then just... If you remember, because that's another part of it, you know, you have to be present in that moment. If you remember, would it help you to just give a sigh and then w- would you feel better? Sure, without a doubt. Okay. It's even, uh, I think this is quite a common one when you're getting frustrated. Just take 10 deep breaths is generally what people I say. I to teach that to my kids, but they don't seem to remember it, which is, you know, why I say you have to remember. And, sure. and yeah, we're not talking to those people who get so mad they just see red. Because there are, there are people who need a little more help than that breath. <laughs> Where they hit a blank the minute they start getting mad. Yeah, some people need to go to gym more than twice a week. Uh, some people need to go five times a week. Some people need to... Every hour. Yes, Gandhi said... <laughs> Gandhi said that I meditate for an hour a day, and if I don't have time, I meditate for two. Hmm. So, it's, wow. um, and in the same way, if you, uh, the more effort you put in, then the better, uh, or the, yeah, the better the results, you know, in both ways, positive and negative. 
Guru, we are out of time, but I just quickly want to ask you, what what is the lesson here? What can we take home? Um, that karma is a very complex and intricate aspect of life. And um, probably to just not put too much attention and not create more stress out of it mm-hmm. than uh, to have your mind stew over it over and over again it would just uh, rather take a chilled so don't worry about it just live your life that's it for today <laughs> thank you don't <laughs> worry <laughs> be happy it's, it's funny how music can help you you know put you in a, in a different frame of mind we, out we, of time. we have to go now <laughs> from me Liesl Tom Guru thank you very much cool. for your time thank you today. for having me from me Jermaine Harris thank you for being on Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central see you again keeping it real on cliffcentral.com